Scotland's a very proud sporting nation. I know that through the All Blacks when they play Scotland, it's never easy. They beat England recently, which is which everybody loves, even over here. So, you know, they are a very proud sporting nation. And I just want that fight that I know Scotland do have and, and we want to bring that out in the team. Hello there, welcome to the Cricket Scotland podcast with me, Jake Perry and Rosie Ryan. Rosie, you're looking well. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, Jake. Um, just dealing through the, hopefully, the last lockdown. Um, but yeah, as always, it's great to be back and co-hosting the podcast. Feels like a long wait since we were last on. Um, however, I do feel like we've bagged a fantastic guest for today. Um who everyone will be keen to hear from this week. Oh, well, we certainly have that, haven't we? And uh, yeah, without any further ado, let's uh, let's introduce him. Um, 2021 has already brought a massive step forward for the women's game in Scotland with the appointment of Mark Coles as the first full-time head coach of the national team. Mark brings with him a wealth of experience, including two years at the helm in Pakistan. And I know the whole cricket community in Scotland is really excited to see how things develop from here. Mark, a really warm welcome to the podcast. It's great to see you. Yeah, well, thanks very much for having me. Is it Bonnie Bonnie Scotland, isn't it? That's, that's how you start off? Or <laughs> I'm starting to get used to a few things. So I was thinking about taking a course or learning the bagpipes before I came over. But I understand that that's pretty difficult to do. But I'll, I'll certainly... Um, It'd be very interesting to see how everything works over there and then looking forward to uh, arriving. Um, I'm not sure whether I'm looking forward to the weather. It was 38 degrees here on the Sunshine Coast in Brisbane today uh, and I suspect that Scotland's never seen 38 degrees. Yeah, no, we, we peaked at, I think, 11 yesterday, which is which which is pretty good for this time of year. Yeah. It's summer. Yeah, yeah, good. We're in, for a, we're in for a warm, hot summer, I'm sure. So welcome, Mark. Um, just talk us through your thoughts and feelings, I guess, about taking the new, taking on the new role. And um, from the moment you found out to today, just kind of talk us through it, if you're happy to do that. Yeah, look, it's very exciting. Uh, and, and I think um, it's a talented group, from what I understand, and a bit of study that I've done about it. I mean, obviously, the Bryce girls uh, are right up there, and they're, they're well-known and very good cricketers uh, throughout the world, and they've won their ICC awards recently as well. So they're, they're well-respected throughout the female cricketing world, and everybody knows the Bryce girls. But from, from the games that I've seen and had a look back and the footage that I've seen, it's a very, very talented side. So like all teams, you've got some good players, and, and those two are obviously the leading way, uh, or the leading girls in that team. But I think if you're a team, you've got to be... Uh, you've got to be all pushing in the same direction. So that's one thing that I'm a firm believer in, that um, everybody is is pushing in the right direction. And I think, you know, as I've mentioned in my media release, um, Scotland's a very proud sporting nation. I know that through the All Blacks when they play Scotland, it's never easy. Um, and, you know, they beat England recently, which, is, which everybody loves, um, even over here. Uh, so, you know, they are a very proud sporting nation and I just want that fight that that, that I know Scotland do have and, and we want to bring that out in the team. Thinking about your own journey as well to this um, to this point, what was it that first first got you into coaching and of, of women's cricket in particular? 
Uh, well, I'll be brutally honest here. Uh, when, when I finished playing, I, I, I sort of pulled out because I had a bad back and, and, and it wasn't going so well and I was injured more times than I played, really. So I decided that I, I was never going to be a very good umpire um, because I was a fast... Well, I thought I was a fast bowler, so I thought every time I hit the pads that I was out, so that wasn't going to work as an umpire. Um, so I thought, well, I might as well just try and take up coaching. And, and it was a funny little story that... See, uh, at the time, Irv McSweeney of Wellington, and he played for New Zealand as well. He's a back cap. I said to him, look, I'm pretty keen on coaching. And he said, great, I've got a job for you. Let me, give me 24 hours and I'll ring you back. And so he did. And he said to me, I've got this job for you. You'll be coaching the female Wellington team. And I, it was a sort of a bit of a paused telephone conversation with him. And I said, I'm sorry, I, I didn't even know that the girls played cricket uh, and that we had a team. So that was my first introduction, which wasn't probably so good. Um, but then I just found that I, I really enjoyed their enthusiasm and I really enjoyed uh, that they they wanted to learn and, and just a great environment. And, and we had a pretty decent little side back then and um, we went really well. And you know, I just thought, well, this is for me. I, I quite like it. And I, then I went sort of into male cricket after a while and, didn't really enjoy it that much and went back to women's cricket. So I've sort of been going backwards and forwards a little bit. I'm coaching guys at the moment just here on the Sunshine Coast. But I do find them extremely frustrating from time to time. But so I just find the females sort of just a lot better to, to work with. I mean, blokes sort of seem to know it all, but I don't know whether they do. <laughs> well, Mark, Mark, you also held uh, positions with Western Australia. Yep. Uh, Northern Districts in Wellington, where you came across someone we all know very well, Lee Kasperic. Yes, I did come across little Lee. You say Kasperic. That's interesting. I've never called her that before. We call her Kasperic over here, but I guess that's the New Zealand and Australian way. Kasperic. Yeah, maybe it's, it's probably my accent, to be fair. <laughs> it could be. It could be. I must remind her of that, that she's a Kasperic. Um, but yeah, no, look, I came across, I, I ended up in Western Australia and, and the, uh, the high performance manager said to me, look, we've got, we've got this little Scottish girl who's taking the under 15 girls to this tournament, but she, she's very shy and she doesn't say much. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I, I assume that he's meaning that I say a lot, which may not be a good thing or a bad thing. He said, see what you think and just run me through you know, tomorrow morning, what your thoughts were. So I turned up and there was this little wee girl. I thought she was part of the team, to be perfectly honest. And she came striding over. Oh, okay. And this funny sort of accent said to me, right, you, you're Mark, eh? Yes. Oh. Well, I, I said, you're Lee, yes. She said, okay, well, I've got everything planned. Um, and I didn't really do anything for, for an hour and a half. I just stood there because everything was running like clockwork and... And so I left thinking, God, she's quite well organised, but she doesn't really talk too much. Um, and, and so we took this team away and we became really, really good mates. And every morning I had to give her throwdowns on this damn tennis court because that's what she wanted to do. Um, and then we sort of formed a, a really good relationship and she met my daughter um, and she met my wife and, and then the strange thing was she ended up following me back to Wellington I went back first 
And then I got this sort of jumbled message like, I'm going to try and play for New Zealand. I thought, what? You're only just, you're in Perth. What the? So I said to her, okay, yeah, sure. So within a month, Lee was in New Zealand and Wellington with me, and I was doing a bit of coaching for Wellington. And, and then she stayed on in New Zealand, and I left and went to Pakistan and other places. And um, But we've always kept in touch. In fact, I was talking to her just this week about, um, you know, bits and pieces through cricket. And, um, you know, she's going through a little bit of a tough time at the moment, but, uh, you know, she's made the T20 team, but she's dropped out of the ODI side. So, um, yeah, it's just been, it's been an amazing relationship with her, to be honest, and, and I do value her friendship, and I know that my, my daughter just absolutely adores her. Um, and uh, she's a good player. She's turned into a really good cricketer, so... And she's a lovely kid, you know, she is soul of the earth kid um, and I really respect what she's done and she's fought pretty hard to do it too, to be fair. It's amazing how these things, these things happen, these coincidences, it's a, a small world as they say, you know, that you have this relationship with Lee and, and you've ended up coaching Scotland. Yeah, well it was really funny that because here's the story behind it, we were sitting, we were in Sydney and uh, she, she was upstairs, I was downstairs in this apartment which was quite awkward, I thought, at the time. I thought, why would this Australia do that? But two coaches in a room, one's upstairs, one's downstairs. Not a good thing to do, but anyway, we battled away. So we were like flatmates for a whole week. And I said to her, she showed me some footage of this Scottish team that she paid for. And I said, you know what? One day, I would really, really like to coach that team. And she said to me, are you serious? I said, I reckon it would be a blast. Like, it would be really good fun. They look like a good bunch of girls. He said, oh, they're a great bunch of girls, but we're not very good. I said, oh, well, we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. And I said, that would be a pretty cool job if you lived in Scotland, coach Scotland. It would be a great job. So here we are. What was that? It's 10, 10, nearly 11 years later. And as you just said, it's funny how things happen, isn't it? And I'm about to wing my way to Edinburgh to coach the Scotland women's team. Um, 11 years ago, I was in Sydney with this young lady talking about coaching Scotland. Sliding doors, isn't it? Amazing. So you, you mentioned Pakistan uh, just before, and we'll talk a little bit about your time in Pakistan. I mean, it's probably fair to say you inherited a team that was in a bit of turmoil after the, the 2017 World Cup, but your time there was really characterised by the way in which you, you built relationships to take the team forward. That's something that, that Sanamir has, has spoken about. Um, how important is that? to your philosophy as a, as a coach of building a partnership with the players? Uh, I think it's probably the number one thing, to be perfectly honest. I, I think when you first start out as a coach, you always want to win. And we all do. Everybody wants to win. There's, there's no one I've not met in a competitive sport that doesn't want to win. And I'm just as competitive as anybody else. But uh, you, you start, uh, it wasn't until probably I got to Pakistan, a little bit maybe before I was starting to understand it, but when I did get to Pakistan, I fully understood that you needed to understand your athletes. Um, and, you know, I, I've made it public, I've never named her and never will, but there was one young lady that was getting beaten up by her father and brother for playing. So, but she was so determined to do it that she just kept going. She hopped on a bus and went an hour and a half one way and an hour and a half the other way. Um, and, and it was just an extraordinary journey. And when, when, when she told her story to the team, no one in that room did, there was no dry eyes in the house. It's a full, 
sell our house of tears. I, I, I knew what she talked about because I got it translated back into English. So I'd sort of already shed my tears. But when she was talking in Urdu to the rest of the girls, they were gone. Sana was one of, the, one of the first to go. Once she went, the rest went like dynamite. Um, because you normally follow the lioness, and the lioness went pretty early, so the rest of the little cubs just took off after her. That was the most extraordinary story. And then there are just other, other stories that just blow your mind, that, that girls with the wrong size shoes, because the, the parents can't afford shoes, so their boots size 10, and their shoe size is really a size 7, but their sand shoe size is a size 5, so they're feet are poking through their sand shoes but they're far too big for their boots and they're playing for their country and so other girls making uh, cricket balls out of plastic bags because they couldn't afford to buy a cricket ball so they just caramelized the cricket ball into into a hard the plastic bags into a hard cricket ball so it's only then that you understand that the game's fun first and foremost um, secondly, you, you, you have to understand the backgrounds that you're dealing with, and everybody has a story. And unless you start doing that, then I, I don't know whether you ever succeed as a, as a coach. I think you'll have your wins and you'll have your losses, but you need to understand where these uh, athletes are coming from. It sounds like a really, a really happy time, though, that you had there, and certainly the the, the pieces that I've read, you know, after you left about you know all the the affection that you obviously held in i mean you went there initially for a series and and ended up staying there there two years which is longer than any coach had had stayed for the side before yeah yeah look it was tough i mean you know i, I, I think we spoke about it at some stage too jake that I, I was watching scotland strangely enough play bangladesh because i wanted to win for bangladesh and one of the qualifiers in scotland and i was in my room and oh, Scotland, I think they might have lost on Duckworth Lewis or something. Well, something happened in our plan. And I was yelling at the computer because the Wi-Fi is not the best over there. You know, I think it's still the old mouse runs around and then sometimes the mouse stops and the whole Wi-Fi, the whole system goes down. But I was yelling at the computer. <laughs> the guy outside um, who looked after me, he had his gun. So I think he was quite concerned that there's only one person in the room and he's yelling. And he sort of knocked on the door halfway through and just... Uh, he said, are you okay? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just watching some cricket. I said, oh, yeah, what's going on in there? Um, so I do remember even watching Scotland as a partly interested party um, in Lahore as they battled it out in, in uh, was it was it Edinburgh? Where they played that qualifiers somewhere. Yeah, that game was in, in, uh, in the fourths, wasn't it? It was at the fourths. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wherever it was, it looked bloody cold compared with where I was anyway. So, yeah, that, that, it was a rainy they week. All looked, <laughs> they all looked freezing. This is summer. <laughs> I think it was the, the, the other way was that the Scottish girls were in long sleeve pullovers. So, uh, and I think the Bangladeshi girls were searching for jumpers. It's... You know, madly, you know, jumpers were like a rare form of, they had been a jumper before in their lives. So, I think they looked like they were robed up and anything they could get their hands on that looked like long sleeves. But anyway, so that that was rather a long story, wasn't it? But that's where we sort of hit it. So, mm, interesting. Uh, yeah, I, do, I do think that for any team that's coming over um, here to make sure that they've stocked up on um, any long sleeve jumpers or jackets that they have, um, 
hanging around any cupboards or anything like that. So, <laughs> but Mark, um, let's imagine, um, I guess, or you probably already have, but p- planning your first session uh, with with a with a squad. Um, what do you have in mind for the players, and what are some of the key key priorities you uh, for the you and the team in the next few months? Well, I did actually, Rosie. I woke up in a cold sweat the other night thinking, crikey, I've just planned the session for the players. I think that's the most nervous one, isn't it? Where they're thinking, okay, who's this? I don't really understand his accent. He talked really quickly. Um, yeah, a lot of expectation on him. So, look, I, 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 I'm just really I'm interested. I, one of the things that we did with Pakistan, and it might not work, not every recipe is the same, but I want the players to make mistakes. I think that's really important. I don't want to see players turn up and try and be as technical as they can because that's not going to win you any cricket games these days. You've got to you've got to try and practice things that you're not really used to doing and taking yourself out of your comfort zone. I think the one thing that cricket does is it creates doubt. When you create, when you've got doubt, you're never really going to move forward. So I think it's really important that they express themselves because they are a talented group, as I said before. But I just get the feeling that sometimes. And maybe that's changed a little bit now, but sometimes I don't think they had that real belief that they could win. And so I, I just, I think the only way that you do that is you allow them to express themselves. And as a coach, you've got to allow them to make those mistakes. If they think that I can come to practice and make mistakes by playing a reverse sweep or whatever it might be, and I'm not going to get yelled at, then all of a sudden you start to build that trust in your own game. That in, at some stage during a game, you can actually play the reverse sweep. And that's probably more satisfying than think. See someone play a reverse sweep, think, wow, she's actually played it in the game. Um, and she might start playing it in the club game, and then she might play it at a regional level, and then she might play it at international level. So I think, you know, I think that's really important that we get together. And, and one of the things that I, I, I really want them to do is have fun. Because I think, from my experience, the higher you go, the less fun it becomes. And like, you, you you sort of lose that fun factor and, and you've got to sort of think back to why we why we enjoy cricket. And the reason that we all enjoy cricket is because it's challenging, it's weird, um, but it makes you come back. You know, there's something that you do in cricket that makes you come back the next day. Because a lot of countries don't play it because they think it's ridiculous. Why would you stand in the field for five days and then it'd be a draw or a test match? Or why do you have to stand for 50? Why do you only get one chance when you bat? But this is a dumb game. Um, and then you can be out first ball and you don't get another go. So I think that that's really important too, that you have fun. But we work hard as well. So there's a, it's a nice little balance. But I, I do think that you've got to listen. Uh, you know, I'm going to listen and watch and observe for, for a little while before I'm going to go and be really hard because I don't think, I don't think people react to going in really hard. And this is how you've got to do it. I want them to come with the answers. And, and I guess uh, you've just kind of touched upon some qualities and players and things like that there, Mark. But we talk a lot about the regional series uh, in the podcast, mostly because that's what got played during the summertime this year. Um, but and, and, you know, it's great to see the range of current players that we've got and, and the new players coming through the pathway and the next step before the Scotland squad. What are you going to be looking out for when watching those games? And what are the kind of key qualities you're interested in when selecting members of your squad? I do think that winning performances is, is really important. Uh, you know, I want to see players under pressure um, and, and how they react to that. 
uh, and uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see the quality and uh, and what what is coming through. I, I think the Wildcats are really important. Let, let, let's, let's be honest there, but I, I do think that the most important team is the team below that because that's the team that's going to push through um, and be the next Wildcat. So whilst it's really important that the, that the Wildcats are looked after and we need to work with them and get them winning, but I think the next core group of players is really important as well and how they're developing and their skill sets and um, all those types of things that are eventually in two or three years' time, they're going to be playing for the Wildcats. So really important that everybody's in, uh, in alignment. So what, what what I'd love to see is is that uh, the next team down, are they the Wildcats too? They just what, what do we call the next team down? The little cats, the big cats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can have a say. I'm sure you can have a say in that. Uh, uh, we Mark. need to name them. Can we come up with a name now? What, what are we going to call? There you go. There's a question for all the people that are listening. How many do we have listening? Do we know? Is it a popular job? Oh, well, come up with a name. hugely, a hugely popular. Yeah. Uh, hugely popular. I think right we've up. got, yeah, we've got Wildcats A, uh, and then you've got oh. the regional teams. I know, Wildcats A is a little unimaginative. To be fair, we can be better. Yeah, and then you've got the Eagles, <laughs> Eagles and the Stormers, and the uh, the regional sides. Right. Well, okay. Well, we'll call them the Wildcats, eh? But there's some, there's a little competition for someone. I'll shout them a. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what a chocolate bar is. What, what's your favourite chocolate bar over there? Oh, we just eat haggis over here, Mark. We don't. Oh, we don't okay. Well, I'll, I'll shout them. I'll shout them a haggis if you can come up with a name for the Wildcats, eh? <laughs> anyway, we, we've digressed, but. Um, I think it's really important that the Wildcats A uh, are really well looked after and it's all in alignment. So when they do make the jump to the Wildcats, that, that's not a big jump to make. That the, that the way that the Wildcats play, the Wildcats A are trying to play as well and they'll all have their own styles, but the style isn't too far away. So when we pick Rosie Ryan into the Wildcats, then, then the jump isn't like, holy, I've gone from the Wildcats A into the Wildcats and it's massively different and I feel like I'm out of my depth and I've got that little bit of doubt being created and, and so then you you just lose players they just they just eventually because they don't know how to play and the game's different and the tactics are different and everything's different so I think that's really important for them and, and if we get it right I mean we've already seen what can what can happen I mean Take the example of Thailand, as we were chatting about the other the other day. Um, you know, a team that Scotland were beating regularly um, not so very long ago. The the World T Twenty qualifier in twenty eighteen being uh, being a, a great example of that. Um, but a team that that's really forced itself into the World Cup reckoning. What's been the secret of their success? Do you think, and, and in what way should Scotland be seeking to emulate it? Well, well, we all know that the Thai people are very disciplined. So they're very, very organised. They're very disciplined. So that's one thing. Everything they did was disciplined. Their fielding, robotic. It was they, they had a little bit of flair, but they were very, very... Everything was done simply. Fielded it, picked it up, threw it in. Got low, did everything. All the basics were covered. When they batted, hit nice and straight, hit in the V, got their ones, ran between the wickets. You know, there, there was a there was an actual plan around how they did it, and they followed that plan to the letter of the law. And then they bowled really well, wicket to wicket, 
not a lot of whites, not a lot of no balls. Was it? Did they have a bowler that bowled like Liz Perry? Nope. Did they have a bowler that turned the ball like Lee Casperett? Nope. But what they did do was they just landed it in the right areas and backed it up in the fielding. And it was very, very simple. They were very disciplined. And it beat teams. Now, two years ago, as you quite rightly said, Jay, we, if we were talking and say, oh, I reckon Thailand will make the 2020. What was it? The 20, I can't even remember. Was it 2020? It was 2020. World, uh, T20 World Cup. We would have rolled around the floor laughing. Oh, they'll get in before Ireland. They'll get in before Scotland. They'll get in. All those teams. Thailand will be going with Bangladesh. Well, Bangladesh, you would have said, yeah, okay, well, that's probably a fair call. But Thailand, people would have called you silly. Uh, but they didn't. And they didn't try and copy a team. They didn't try and say, well, we're going to try and copy Australia or England or New Zealand or whatever. Just had their own little formula and they were really disciplined. And I could guarantee you that if you ask the player from number one to number 11, which is another really important part of coaching, I feel, they would have known their job or their role in the team absolutely to the final ball was bowled. My job in the team is to bowl 10 overs. But 30, I'm going to try and take a couple of wickets. And my job is to bowl as to concede as many extras and as few extras as I can. That would have been her job. And then to field really well. Pretty easy. They simplified the game down and were really disciplined. Is is a world class oh. unit a more important thing than world class individuals, do you think? Yeah, who are they? I mean, they got one little girl, I think, that played, I can't pronounce her name, so I must apologise to her, but um, one little girl that went to the recent women's IPL. Great little fielder, very athletic. Um, but you don't hear of too many of the others. Just a simple team that played together. But what they did do and what they were, they were very, very close as a team too. And you could see that. They were fighting for each other. They had a real pride in their nation. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about a lot of teamwork, but they, it didn't matter whether Rosie scored 100 or Lee scored 100. They were just pleased for them. And what they did do really well, I thought, was they respected the game. And I think that's a big, key thing. And the biggest thing, they had fun. I just looked at them and thought, those girls are having, they're getting smashed by that team. I, you know, they got smashed by one team. Was it Australia? Someone old axed them. They were still laughing. Talk, talking of that that tournament in Dundee as well. I mean, they're just the loveliest, the loveliest group. I mean, Rosie, you you um, spoke to them on a number of occasions as well. Oh yeah, they were so lovely, and you know, just not, you know, they they knew that they were given back as well. You know, and I mean, at one point there was uh, there was obviously a rain delay and all the rest of it. I mean, the squad came over and talked to a bunch of young kids, um, and they took that time out, and you just think. You know, to take that time out during a huge, a hugely important time for them all, um, and just taking that time to talk to some kids and actually, I don't know whether it relaxed them to a certain extent, but it was just actually, it was so nice, um, and that will have had, you know, from my perspective, that will have had a lasting impact on all of those kids. So, um, 
you know, just those types of things are, are huge in my and in, in, in what I do. But for them to come over and do that was just, I mean, it showed a lot about their character. Um, and, you know, they're kind of, I guess they're kind of mantras, a team as well. So, Mark, I guess one final question for me. Um, if all the ducks line up COVID-wise and we get a full schedule of cricket from now on, you know, what's your ultimate goal for the team? And, and following on from that, what's the you know kind of what do you hope for the profile of the women's um of women's cricket in scotland good question um i could easily say that i want to win all the games um and look everybody does as i said early on but i think we want to try and create an environment where these players come to training uh, and we talked about fun and i will continue to talk about fun but they also learn a lot you know, and, they, and they're, they're trying to learn and they might just learn and be 1% better every day that they come. Um, and then I just think that what, what we really want to focus on a, a lot is what, what are the opposition saying about us? So win, lose or draw, when, we, when we've played Australia in the T20 final in Melbourne Cricket Ground in a few years' time, when it, when is it, I don't know where we're going, India maybe or wherever it is, what are they going to say, win, lose, or draw about us as Scotland? And what you want them to say is, hey, <laughs> wow, we can't take these, this Scotland team lightly. They are a good team. They'll fight to the end. They're a very proud nation. They do the simple things well, and they're a happy and fun team. And I think if, if you get that going, um, then you're winning. Yeah, and you're, you're winning in life too, because it's not all about cricket, remember. The, the, these players here, and this will lead into the segue that you were talking about, Rosie, is that they are actually ambassadors of the game for young girls that you go out and you're trying to promote in your role to play cricket. And I think it's really important that they understand the role that they're going to play, particularly in a nation like Scotland where cricket isn't the number one sport. And so if you can influence that young lady that's thinking about picking up a bat or she's seen a bat for the first time or she's seen something about cricket in Scotland, and you influence her to pick up that bat and think that this could be quite a cool sport. And I saw that Scotland team play somewhere, whether it was live online or in the middle of Lahore or wherever it was in Pakistan. And they and she goes, wow, they're, they're, that's something that I want to aspire to. Then I think you're making a difference. And that's something that I think that the players also have a responsibility for, particularly in a nation where cricket isn't the number one sport, they're almost like your coaches and your development officers and everybody else. They're, they're it. Because, you know, we are what we are. We're, 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 we're little in terms of cricketing size, so we need to work together. And I guess Kiwis and, and the Scots are very similar, that we just get in and get it done. You know, I think that's the one thing that New Zealand and Scotland have... Um, we're not big, but we get in and we're, we're sort of the underdogs most of the time, except maybe for rugby and, and other things, and we just get in and get it done. And, and I think that's really important that we need to roll our sleeves up and be, be very proud of who we are. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to that side of it. I know that somewhere along the line I've got a little bit of Scottish blood. I was talking to my father and he thinks that there is some Scottish in there somewhere. I'm not normally that quick to get up to the bar, so maybe that's what it is. <laughs> it's your round first. <laughs> I'm, 
No, I was going to say I'm looking forward looking forward to that. It's been it's been a, a huge pleasure uh, to be able to talk again. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the the chance for the three of us to find a bar somewhere and meet in person yeah. at some point. Hopefully <laughs> soon. Right, you two go first. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for the Cricket Scotland podcast. Our thanks again to Mark. Rosie and I will be back soon. But until then, thanks again for listening and goodbye.